I'm Carly Fiorina, and this is By Example. On this podcast, we sit down with leaders of all types to explore examples of real leadership and the qualities of all great problem solvers. I think we get really confused about what leadership is. On By Example, we lift up the real leaders, people who are focused on changing the order of things for the better and solving real problems that are right in front of them. Leading by example. Hello, and welcome back to By Example, the bonus episodes. I'm Casey Enders, the CEO of Carly Fiorina's Unlocking Potential Foundation, and I'm joined today by Jeffrey Richardson, Managing Director of the Unlocking Potential Foundation. Hello, everyone. How you doing, Casey? I'm good, Jeffrey. How are you? I'm doing good. The snow has stopped, I believe, so I'm excited about that. I'm a little sad. We could have been trapped here over the weekend. We could have gotten so much done. Inspirational leadership. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's possible. <laughs> I won't say I'm, you know, not uh, excited about that. <laughs> well, we're really excited about the conversation today. Um, Carly talked with John Maxwell about a week and a half ago. I was fortunate, actually, to be in Atlanta and got the opportunity to meet John Maxwell for the first time. We're really, really thrilled that John and Carly and John's team and our team are coming to this place where we're forming a partnership around leadership. John and Carly both have such extensive experience in this space and such unique perspectives on leadership. And we're just thrilled to be able to have the opportunity to work with John and and his fantastic team. You know, I always tell people that it's incredible what you can learn about a principal or a leader from looking at their staff and their team. And gosh, the John Maxwell team is just full of really thoughtful, kind, humble, empathetic men and women, just like John Maxwell. So it's been a really, really uh, a pleasure for us to get to work with them. And so this conversation in particular is really exciting and and special for us um, because we're so excited about the future leadership potential that will be unlocked um, through our partnership. Yes. And on this bonus episode, um, Casey and I are going to do a uh, share some of the highlights from the first part. So um, of Carly's conversation with John Maxwell, it's actually going to be a three part, I believe, series. So the first part of that conversation dropped uh, this week. So please, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Um, We're going to share some of our aha moments um, from Carly and John's conversation. Um, And then we're going to show some practical strategies um, around how you can help continue to unlock your potential um, and the potential of those around you. So if you haven't listened to the episode, I mean, first thing is go back and listen to it. This is a really good one. I feel like we say that every week, but this one in particular, you know, I'll give you kind of the highlights, but honestly, the full conversation and the way Carly and John and Mark Cole, who is the CEO of John of the John Maxwell company and of his portfolio of work, um, the three of them just have this pretty amazing conversation and rapport and dynamics. So highly recommend you go back to your playlist and, and click on that episode if you, you haven't. You'll hear me. You know, use this description again towards other guests, but this is truly the beginning of a master class. I mean, well, yeah. Carly's sitting down That's with right. John Maxwell. Um, and it's not just a, ma- a master class in leadership, it's really a master class, the beginning of a master class in life. That's right. Right? Lesson. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. So a couple of the things they talk about, teaser, if you haven't heard it yet, and recap if you have. So they do a conversation around some of the key elements of their leadership philosophies. Some of those are captured in two books that they have coming out. So John's book, Leaderships, 
is out this month, and you can find it on johnmaxwell.com. Carly's book, Find Your Way, is out in April. You can find that on carlyfiorina.com. And so they recap some of the highlights of those two books and about their leadership philosophies, their journeys to discovering and unlocking their own potential, frankly, as leaders. They talk about how we have a values problem and a leadership problem in our society, and they start to give us some ideas for how we can solve those values and leadership problems. One of those focuses and one of the things we're going to talk about later in today's episode is around humility. So developing, practicing, understanding humility as a leader and beginning to develop that characteristic and practice in your culture and in your team. So Jeffrey, there were lots of obviously amazing moments <laughs> in the in the conversation. What was your aha moment this week? My aha moment is, you know, came when John started talking about how you begin to really uh, translate your uh, unlocking moments, right? Your mm. leadership lessons to your team and okay. how you really help unlock the potential in others. And it came when he talked about one of the greatest ways that he sees that you can add value to people is to put resources in their life. Right? And what do you think he meant by resources? And he went on and talked about, I mean, anything like from a book to mm. uh, a tool, to um, sharing with them a conference opportunity, okay. to seeding um, into them, maybe paying for a training or development opportunity. So, you know, sometimes we, I think people think that, you know, they have to be an Oprah Winfrey, you get a car, <laughs> you get a car, yeah, you yeah, get a car, right. to unlock someone's potential. But the reality is every day we all have an opportunity, right, to... Um, add value to others by sharing resources that we have. And so and what if so what if I don't have a ton of financial resources at my disposal? And so it's hard for me to equip folks on my team with the resources they want to go get things done. What how can I not expend financial capital, but still equip them with resources? So there's lots of things that strategies that we've learned. We've gone to many conferences and you've developed many, you've got many tools, many books, right. many resources. Find those things that you have access to or the, mm. that knowledge base um, that you've utilized and share it with others. Because I think a lot of what John was saying is, you know, oftentimes I think as leaders, we step into a leadership role because the title and position right. and our ability to uh, leverage power makes us feel like we're fully equipped. We have it all. And the conversation around humility was that, no, we do have a particular set of skill sets and experiences that have positioned us um, and, and put us into a leadership role, but we don't know it all. And so we have to have the humility to recognize that we need additional resources, we need additional right. perspectives, and therefore, to in order to unlock the potential of those around us, they also need additional resources, additional perspective. Well, and I thought you were going to hit on something that was my aha moment, which was actually related to what you're talking about, which is when he was talking about the idea that um, everyone who breathes needs encouragement mm. and that sometimes we don't have belief in ourselves, but others loan us their beliefs in yes. ourselves. And so when you said resources, one of the things that came to mind for me was, so yes, absolutely. I think you can give folks access to the things you have in your own toolkit that have helped you, which I think starts with keeping a record of what are those yes. useful tools tip, and resources. Tip, if you, if you didn't hear it, <laughs> keep a record, your email, your phone, your notes, just log them somewhere. That's right. So I think you need to, you need to have a record in order to be able to then turn around and access those resources for others. But one other resource that you can 
loan, I think is this idea of encouragement and belief that is really, it was very inspiring to me because I think we naturally think, of course, people want encouragement, but to be truly intentional about it, to recognize that everyone, even the people who seem confident, the one who seems like they totally have it under control, they don't need you to tell them they're doing a good job, they need it, right? Everyone who breathes needs encouragement. Yes. I think you asked the question, you know, what if, where, and I get it if you don't have, we always think of financial resources first, but if I don't have a lot of financial resources, everybody has some encouragement. Everybody has some inspiration, something that they can share to folks. And it's amazing because we focus a lot on financial, right? Money, mm-hmm. monetary resources. But here's the thing, and it connects to what one of the things that Carly all often says and says in this episode is that Human potential is the only limitless resource. Mm, amen. And by loaning, as you say, right, gifting your encouragement, your inspiration, you are actually igniting and tapping into that human potential that ha- maybe with, has not been ignited in someone, has maybe not been gone unrecognized. Right. And so recognizing that from the simplest way of encouraging someone through a compliment, or even saying hello, or um, inviting someone just to be present in the space at the table is a way of encouraging them and you can that act can unlock potential and have a long tail of impact and change I love that and I think Jeffrey one of the things that you were going to tell us a little bit about is a, a couple of other tools about how or maybe one tool in particular with a couple of different angles about how people can start to think about not only doing that unlocking the potential in others but displaying and practicing humility as a leader themselves Yes. So one great resource, and um, Casey you know, talked about the uh, relationship and partnership that's building um, between the leadership work between Carly Fiorina and John Maxwell. And John Maxwell, the Maxwell Company, has great, lots of great resources. And so if you go to johnmaxwell.com, um, is a great blog there, um, as well as a series of videos, one particular called A Minute with Maxwell that's, on, uh, that's out there where he shares tips and coaching and highlights. And there's a blog in particular from June 11th, 2011. Um, some time ago, but continues evergreen, to be. Evergreen. Evergreen. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Humility Se- is evergreen. Seven hallmarks of a humble leader, um, where John outlines his seven, um, really, I'll call them, uh, you know, really characteristics um, um, of a humble leader. And I want to share those. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it uh, direct through, and we're going to have some conversation and share some specific examples with you all. But he starts with, number one, is responsibility. And he says, humble leaders readily accept responsibility for failure. When things go wrong, they instinctively look within to understand what they could have done differently instead of looking outward for someone to blame. Willing to take ownership of mistakes, humble leaders are quick to fix them. They do not wait for someone else to solve a problem. That's hard. <laughs> it, it, it's hard. That's it's really hard. hard. You know, when, when as a friend of mine always says when the Gucci drops and if you don't know them when the shoe drops right (laughs) when something happens it's hard not to go who did it right not to look outward or even in looking for solutions uh, to not take responsibility and look inward and so he's saying humble leaders begin instantly to think okay what can I do what can I do differently what could I have how what can I learn from this moment Um, and then his number two is objectivity 
In, in the words of Ezra Taft Benson, pride is concerned with who is right. Humility is concerned with what is right. Humble leaders do not consider their own ideas and projects to be sacred. They do not insist on having their way, but on following the best course of action, regardless of who suggests it. It reminds me of that other quote. Um, you can never imagine. I'm going to butcher it. So apologies in advance for y'all. I'm sure I'm sure all of our listeners know this quote better than me. But the one that says you'll, you'll never believe what you could accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. Ooh, so true. It's very so true. and it's hard, right? Especially if you're mm. a. If you are in a reporting relationship where you have a manager, I think it's hard when you want to impress them. You have a review. You have job security to worry about. You you want to take credit, and some of that's practical. Uh, but I think this overarching idea of you never know how much you'll accomplish if you don't think about hogging the credit to yourself and taking you know the idea that only came out of your brain as the yes. number one and only path. Yeah, it's it goes back to the you know we can't st- starting with the we, not the I. Right. If we can go back to the we and the collective, um, that opens up so much possibility. Right. And number three is open mindedness. Humble leaders have awareness of how much they don't know. As such, they're inquisitive, quick both to listen and learn, secure in their abilities. They are unthreatened by the input of others. Mm, Not only do they welcome feedback, they solicit it. That's awesome. Right. I love that. Right. You have to be open to the possibility and potential. Um, Number four is flexibility. Whereas prideful leaders rigidly adhere to an initial strategy long after it proves to be unfruitful, leaders with humility nimbly switch courses as soon as warning signs appear. Unafraid to admit having made a bad decision, they're able to adjust quickly. Humble leaders have no qualms about abandoning a product that's past its prime, even if they personally had created it. Well, I'll share a moment of humility here. Uh, so I had a product that I insisted we develop on a weekly basis for our team. Um, it was an internal product, essentially, and I just insisted on it. I thought it looked good. It was pretty. It was important to me. And honestly, the rest of my team said, Casey, it's ridiculous. You shouldn't spend your time on this. And I said, I'm doing it anyway. Um, and I let you know pride get in the way. And, and it's now I, I did it for probably eight weeks, maybe nine weeks. And this week, I quietly <laughs> stopped doing it. But I didn't own up to not doing it. And I'll be honest, this is this is making me think that, like, maybe I need to go out there and tell my team, like, yeah, you got, y'all were right. Y'all were right. <laughs> this product was not particularly important to our strategy. I just like the way it looked. It's a hard one, right? So, you know, we spend a lot of time on our preparation, our education, our experiences. And so when we come with an idea or something that we've been exposed to, it's hard not to dig your heels into it, right? Um, But that being flexible allows us to be adaptable. And I think the thing is you got to look at the win, right? It allows you to be responsive. If you dig your heels in... Um, you're not going to be able to move. You're not going to be able to be adaptive and responsive. And ultimately, you're going to get stuck. Yeah. Number five (laughs) is inspiration. Humble leaders are appreciative people. When they experience success, they're quick to shine the spotlight on others. Mindful of their dependence on others, humble leaders regularly express gratitude for the contributions of their teammates. Their thankfulness inspires those they lead and boosts team morale everyone who breathes needs encouragement Mm. there it is Mm. again you said it said it said it number six respect humble leaders heed john andrews holmes advice 
Remember that the entire population of the universe, with one trifling exception, is composed of others. Mm. They see life as far bigger than themselves and add value to other people by serving them. By committing themselves to the success of those within their sphere of influence, leaders gain respect and earn loyalty. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. That's it. I mean, it goes a long way. You know, we often talk about a lot about resources. And I'm, a, you know, for you leaders out there, particularly those in organizational um, roles, you know, there are times when the resources get skimmed. There's times when things get tight, right? Your people stick with you and stick in with you as long as they can if they have uh, experienced respect. That's if you've shown so respect true. and if you've given inspiration and you've been flexible, they're going to stick in with you. Well, it's true. It's I tell people all the time. I um, Cartley's chief of staff is a man named Frank, who I'm sure would hate that I'm talking about him on the podcast. But, it, you know, he in my first job in the kind of Carly universe on the campaign, he showed me, I think, unending respect, tolerance for mistakes, gave me room to innovate and um, repeatedly, I think, offered me the things that you're talking about, Jeffrey. And and for those reasons, like I, I would find every opportunity to work with him again. Right. Yeah. To, to your point, even if resources got tight, even if, when the going gets tough and as Carly says, the tough, the going always gets tough. <laughs> I, I would stick it out a thousand percent. And that's not true in every job I've had. It's not true. I'm sure in every job you've had. But I, I think that speaks to me very, very personally and deeply. So I appreciate that you called it out. No, it's so true. I always say leaders like, you know, folks who are particularly stepping into management roles for the first time. And they're like, what's the one thing you'll tell me? What can I do? Respect. <laughs> Lead with respect. And a lot of the rest, not all, a lot of the rest will follow. There's some other skills you need to get, but lead with respect. And finally, connected to that, I think, and I talk about this a lot, I just believe in it, is connectedness. Humble leaders embrace the law of significance. One is too small of a number to experience greatness. One is too small Mm. of a number to experience greatness. I love that. They recognize that their vision cannot be accomplished in isolation. So they invite others to join them in pursuing it. They cherish relationships and intentionally cultivate friendships. They view life not as a quest for individual glory, but as an adventure to be enjoyed in the company of fellow travelers. Oh, I love that. I'm glad they ended on that one. No, one I, is too small of a number to experience greatness. Yes. We, there's, you know, Carly always says, you know, there's nothing um, that we can accomplish alone. You know, That's right. I, nothing worth doing. Nothing worth doing. Nothing can be worth done doing can be done alone. Um, and that's so important. I think, you know, that idea of connectedness, and I think it's so important for leaders, whether you're within an organization or an institution, because sometimes we get blinded by the entities, right? right. We get in blind, blinded by um, the structures, you know, not just the physical structures, but the things that make. And we forget that it's actually about the connections with the people. people. That's right. Um, and I'll wrap up and say that, you know, on um, if you go to johnmaxwell.com and you go to his um, – Minute, uh, a minute with Maxwell Page and on their, their podcast there. Uh, there's a current podcast um, that is on there. And one of the things that he talks about in the, uh, the current podcast, the minute with Maxwell that's there, is how he, ta- how he encourages folks, particularly in HR and training roles, to think about how you actually impart resources into people. And he gives a series of three simple questions. And one is beginning to think about first, what is their giftedness, right? We all have gifts and talents Mm. that we've 
been granted, right? We've been given and that we have developed, right? So understanding what is their giftedness, not starting with the transactionalness and this gets to not seeing them just as a tool or a cog, but what is their giftedness? What's an example of someone's giftedness that you've seen unlocked? Yes. Um, There's, there are people I've worked with folks like, uh, for example, one of your giftedness (laughs) that I, that I observe is you have a very strategic mind. You you connect the dots in a way that I think a lot of people don't connect the dots. And you have an ability to take information from different people in one setting or diff- and, and connect it in a way that streams together um, just a series of strategies, a series of observations. And that's your giftedness. So it's tapping into that and then recognizing, he says, you know, then recognize what is the opportunity. So what is then the opportunity to leverage that strategic mind you have? And I would say Carly recognized your giftedness and said the opportunity is to lead unlocking potential. And well, I did not. For everybody listening, <laughs> I did not set this up. We did not talk about. <laughs> no, this we did not. <laughs> we did not talk about it at all. But I, I do appreciate honestly, it, um, because you have a very strategic mind and you're able to take in information, resources, and connect the dots and pull together um, strategy, but then also articulate it in a way that connects and translates to people. And then he says then what is the responsibility? Mm. So you get to the responsibility, the position, right? That's the cog. That's the hands. That's the do. You don't start with the cog, the do. Oh, I just need a body, right? Right, right? You start with what is their gift? What is the opportunity available to leverage their gift? And then you structure responsibility around it. I love that. And too often we go backwards. Yes. Yes. We go backwards. Yes. Yes. It's, you know, what is the institution, the entity, the system need done? Yep. And then we go from there. Oh, then we'll create an opportunity. And then we're going to go out here and put out. Find a gift. Yeah, we're going to find somebody that, you know. And Hope maybe, their gifts align. And maybe that's, maybe, that square, maybe that square, you know, doesn't align with our round, but we're going to shave it down. Yeah, we're going to shave, shave it, it in down there. That's right. <laughs> make it work versus starting with the gifted. So tell me those three things one more time, Jeffrey. What's the right order? So when you're thinking about it, he says, what is understanding your people's giftedness, right? What is the gift? What is that talent that they have, right? Then what is the opportunity available to leverage that talent? And then ultimately, then what is the responsibility that you are, um, that you're giving them to be able to leverage uh, their gift to seize the opportunity? Awesome. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. I think that's an awesome tool that, frankly, I need to be more thoughtful about implementing in my day-to-day life with my team, and hopefully our listeners are finding the same. So, as always, thank you all for joining us. If you want more, hit us up on social media. There is always a space for you at the table here at By Example, and you can find us on social media or on the website at Carly Fiorina or at www.carlyfiorina.com. So we hope to hear from you and we'll see you next week. Until next time, be the example.